Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What with Dan and Julie. Today we've got Michael on, who is a horticulturalist. Hi, Michael. Hey, how's it going? All good. How are you? Very good, yeah. I had a busy day getting on top of a few different tasks, but every day is completely different. So this time of year, lots of admin, mm. um, which I don't always like, but yeah, I managed to <laughs> my accounts today which was which was good and that's obviously something you put off for a long time it's usually a monday job not a friday job yeah but... yeah so i bucked the trend on it all. <laughs> so do you want to tell everyone a little bit about what you actually do michael yeah sure so um am i a horticulturalist yes i am but kind of i go by a lot of different monikers really i mean um i've been a new plant developer kind of an innovator in terms of horticulture sometimes referred to it as a hortpreneur um also copywriter kind of um influencer even though that that feels like a dirty word sometimes <laughs> don't know why um but yeah my job's incredibly varied and most of my career i've been introducing brand new plants to gardening audiences in the uk mm-hmm. so obviously the marketing or the preparation kind of finding new plants but also creating new innovations with plants as well and that kind of then led me into a lot of TV work. So I've been doing QVC, ITV this morning, uh, the new show on Channel 4, Steph's Pack Lunch as well. So it kind of then became more of a kind of almost ambassador role for plants with the public. So what I do is I share my love of plants through TV or social media or lectures, demonstrations, whether they're digital or in person. And so my career is just really become about being excited about plants every moment and passing that on to people yeah your your uh <laughs> your, your slogan or your your catch it's uh mr plant geek that's right yeah. isn't it? yeah well a few years ago um because i was working in uh the company thompson and morgan for about 18 years wow. and that's where i really kind of learned everything really i mean i went to college for a couple of years and did a national diploma in horticulture but this was this was very general, so I, I kind of didn't really learn oodles there. I learned more kind of gardening with my grandparents when I was a kid or gardening at weekends or, you know, when I was 12 years old, I set up a herb nursery in the back of my <laughs> garden just selling plants by mail order. So I always loved plants, but I always loved finding ways to make money as well. Mm. If I could do that with plants, it was great. So my job with Thompson Morgan was 18 years and that was new product development. So that was kind of then um, we were talking to customers, breeders, finding new plants. We were breeding some of our own, engineering new plants. So wow. if you Google egg and chips plant, you'll find my face because that <laughs> was a plant that I created and developed. And of course, those type of plants are getting the interest of such a wider audience as well. Mm. You know, Teenagers won't be interested in new geraniums or petunias, but suddenly you've got an egg and chips plant, which is like Frankenstein food, and they're kind of really excited. So, so yeah, so my job has been incredibly varied. Um, and now I've been freelance for a few years, obviously then doing the TV and sharing my knowledge of plants and so many different roles. You just never know what's coming next, which is so exciting, really. And um, why did you choose the industry? Have you always had a passion? Like you mentioned, were uh, planting with your grandparents? Yeah, I mean, when you're a kid, what you do with your grandparents, I think that tends to rub off on you because you you spend a lot of time there. You know, maybe they're babysitting you after school a couple of nights a week, etc. 
Um, so if, they, if they'd had a different interest, if it was baking, perhaps I'd be a baker today. I'm not too sure, but it was kind of coming from their influence. And I never really felt I wanted to do anything else. I knew I always wanted to work with plants. I mean, the careers advisors weren't necessarily that useful because, <laughs> well, horticulture, certainly in those days, was almost seen as a last resort. It was you know, seen as someone that sweeps up leaves in a park or kind of like a, a landscape gardener kind of, you know, doing the heavy lifting. It wasn't really seen as a career you would want to aspire to, which was just a bit annoying and kind of felt a bit kind of, you know, downhearted. And so the careers advisor, they, you know, you put all the information into the computer and it spits out these suggestions. And mm. I think it was florist and landscape gardener. So nothing that really floated my boat. It was just a bit too general. And I've always, I don't know, I don't know what I wanted to do, but I knew it wasn't that. <laughs> um, got towards the end of college and wasn't really thinking ahead very well. Uh, but there was then a competition in the local newspaper to design a garden, which would then be built at Thompson and Morgan, which is the company that I then worked for for 18 years. So oh, wow. I didn't win the job, but I won a greenhouse. And then afterwards I wrote in and basically asked for a job. And that was how I then started working there. And I really, I don't know what else I would do if I wasn't working in horticulture because it's, it's my passion as well as my career, which is quite a lucky combo. Yeah. So where did you learn about um, horticulturalism? Did you get it from your grandparents or did you do any formal education in it? Yeah, well, I, um, I would say I've learned most of it just through doing yourself and, you know, from my grandparents, from what I was growing at the weekends, from my whole, you know, career of traveling and looking for new plants. Um, as I've said, I did the National Diploma in Horticulture, but that was very general. So that was stuff that I was good at, like uh, plant identification, kind of biology side of things, but also stuff I was really rubbish at, like, driving tractors or sports turf kind of turf care and stuff like that so most of my education has come through my own just natural first for the for the subject really yeah and if somebody's thinking about going and doing horticulture at college or university whatever it may be where is uh, where can they use it and what kind of industries can they take it into well it's a lot wider than you imagine and there's um there's a group called Young Horts who are actually doing a bit of promo on this and they work with a lot of colleges and younger people. And we're trying to really open up horticulture and make people realize that it's not just digging a garden. It's not just being a garden designer, but it could be that you're working in PR for plants. It could be you're working in marketing, copywriting, doing, you know, photography for plants because, you know, plants are a big business and this year that's been proved more than ever. So there's, such a varied range of jobs that you can do with plants perhaps you know any job that you name there's probably one that links back to plants you know it's really yeah it's amazing and anybody that's interested in the natural world you know it's a good way to go really i think like you mentioned planting went a bit mad in lockdown didn't it yeah. i mean my uh my girlfriend's dad's not particularly into his garden but yeah. during lockdown he was at his greenhouse he was planting peppers and tomatoes that's amazing. yeah 
Oh, it's a shame that, yeah, because people have the time to do it, but people don't make time to do it in other circumstances. Yeah, very true. But maybe that will change now because people have had a taste of it, perhaps. <laughs> Obviously, there's different um, areas of horticulture, whether that's sort of like uh, plants for eating, decoration, or for materials. Mm. Do you focus on a on a specific area? I think probably with my career, I would say I focus mostly on new, different and unusual plants because, you know, I've introduced lots of plants, put the marketing together, all of that jazz. And then kind of almost an extension to that, I would say unusual kind of weird and wacky plants. And I've actually got a brand called Weird and Wacky Plants and we do a weird and wacky plant show as well in various locations around the globe or digitally in 2020 <laughs> and so yeah i'd say just things that are unusual innovations different ways of growing plants kind of gardening shortcuts as well if we're then talking about kind of gardening jobs so kind of i just always want to push what do you call it push the envelope or push the box yeah yeah outside the, the box outside the box one of, <laughs> one of those <laughs> and push the envelope too outside the um, plant pot <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that was because awful, really. <laughs> I just always wanted to be different and thinking of things from different angles. So, you know, if you look on my website, you'll see, you'll see articles that hopefully you don't see anywhere else because I'm looking at stuff from a different angle each time. And, you know, when we um, obviously gone into lockdown a week or so ago, I put together lots of winter growing jobs that people can do mm. and, you know, lots of things that people wouldn't afford about. So kind of that's where I always want to kind of cross over and kind of, try and get people interested in plants that wouldn't be previously and people that wouldn't have been turned on by programs like Gardener's World or kind of like gardening calendars, what to do now in your garden. I want to hook them in in a different way with weird, unusual plants or nifty kind of store cupboard secrets. You know, if you put cinnamon on the roots of your orchid, it's a good antibacterial, you know, these sort of things, which are more memorable as well and kind of fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your uh, your previous job where you were for eighteen years and mm-hmm. you were sort of developing new plants and uh, and getting plants into the country. Yeah. What was an average day like for you there? Mm, depends really, because I was travelling a lot from hmm, probably March through to August each year. So it could be that I'm then visiting a breeder, kind of walking around the greenhouses, talking about the plants very often searching um, kind of in the skip for the plants that they got rid of. (laughs) Because actually, sometimes I would go in there looking at a completely different angle to what they considered. And yeah, it's just because we think in a different way in mail order, because with mail order, you've got a page in a catalogue or on a website, and you've got the opportunity to tell a story. So it can be a plant that is a little bit more unusual, plant that needs a bit more care, it doesn't have to be your run-of-the-mill kind of impulse purchase that you see next to the, the till in the garden centre. So that was quite quite cool to get into. Um, why was I talking about that? Where am I? <laughs> Just an average day at your, uh, uh, average at your job. Day, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess because the never an average day is kind of makes my mind go a bit crazy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it would be, I mean, those new products, I would then log on a spreadsheet if, if it then came to the time when I'd start writing copy, maybe I had to prepare them for presentations for people to sign off what was new as well. Um, obviously then TV work started. So that was in my days at TNM and now, so it could be 
you know, preparing samples or ideas, just throwing ideas around. Like now my days can be, they can be weird because sometimes you feel like, I guess the same in any job because when you're freelance though, it's so different because you always got pressure on yourself every moment of the day. And I'm always like looking back, it's like, oh, was that, was that a good use of those two hours? Or, <laughs> but you kind of need to be a bit, a bit less hard on yourself sometimes really and so, and so yeah. what's the route you're taking with the freelance stuff what are you trying to do now yeah so freelance for oh, almost five years now and i was really looking for a mixed portfolio of work you know coming out from thompson morgan 18 years you know that was a long time and and i enjoyed the job but it became quite cyclical so it was then nice to kind of branch out and i i knew i just wanted to work with a range of different companies and and somehow, like, I, I guess because I'm quite a positive person, that kind of breeds, um, it makes things happen very often because you're then approachable. When I do a piece of work, I'm very reliable. I'll turn up on time. I'll do what I say I do do, and make it, make it good. You know, and a lot of people kind of miss out on one or some of those points. So, yeah, so it was really kind of... Um, TV work was then kind of getting busier. So obviously I've got a show on QVC now. I've also got regular appearances on ITV and Channel 4. Kind of influencer type work. So kind of like building the social media profile because then people will pay occasionally for content to go on there or more, more likely content that goes on my website, which is usually getting about a thousand unique visitors a day, which I think is pretty nice. good. Yeah, nice for my kind of level of website and yeah, and just kind of building that. And we have various kind of sponsored posts like shrub of the month or perennial of the month. And then kind of as a side dish, there's lots of, you know, lectures, demonstrations. I've done a lot of work in Japan, Canada and the U S over the last few years. Um, yeah. Or filming TV pilots or having a screen test for one, but you have to appreciate that you probably, have 90 screen tests before you get accepted for one thing that's just that's just how that goes but just yeah just saying yes mm. to everything that comes my way and even if it's something that would scare me I still want to say yes because I'm kind of addicted to that euphoric feeling you get after you've been scared to do something it's a success and then you really pleased you said yes and definitely you, yeah that feels good this this kind of uh, gardening horticulture space in the influencer world um, is is quite new, isn't it? Because I mean, you've got your Alan Titzmarshes and your your Monty Dons, but they're sort of a lot older and not really in the influencer world. Yeah. So, do you think there's a lot of room for what you're doing at the moment? Yeah, I, I guess I'm quite in between because of my age. I've kind of seen I've seen life before the internet, and I've seen life with the internet, and mm. the kind of older the older kind of guys like Alan Titchmarsh, et cetera, they kind of only seen the non-internet side, so they find it hard to grasp. But I would say that, I mean, Instagram has really kicked everything off for plants and mostly house plants because they're obviously very visual. That's something that everybody can do. But also you've got another great niche with allotments as well. I mean, what I do is kind of almost a niche of its own because I'm just kind of sharing a love of plants, I mm. guess, at a really basic level. Um, but there's definitely a market for it out there. And the way that I do talk about plants and show plants and, you know, talk about weird and wacky house plants you can grow at home. 
I make it exciting and different, but still very accessible at the same time. What kind of uh, personality traits do you think help a horticulturalist thrive? Hmm. I guess a horticulturist, uh, in terms of what I've done, it would be being innovative, kind of thinking outside of the box, being a bit brave as well, just testing and trying things and, and never taking no for an answer. You know, I used to run plant trials where I would try plants in different ways that anybody would ever have imagined. And, and it usually worked. And it was just kind of just that, I guess, bravery is a mm. good thing. And also kind of deep knowledge. Um, yeah. And just have an eye for it, really. And I, but I don't know if that comes naturally or if you can breed it. Because, you know, at Thompson Morgan days, when we have the big breeding fields where we're raising new plants, etc., you know, I would walk around a field of 100 plants and I could spot which one had the different attributes that could be attractive in the garden or exciting for a customer. So I don't know if you can train for that eye necessarily, but I, I obviously did have it, which, which I'm thankful for. Yeah, it sounds like it's just a real passion for you. You've had it since yeah. you were young, and it's just you. It you've... needs to come from passion. I don't with horticulture. I don't know if you can fake it, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, what are some of the biggest positives of the industry for you? It's just very buzzy because I guess I look at it from a different angle to some others. But all I see is new ideas, innovations, new ways of doing things all the time. There's such a great mix of characters in there as well i mean as with any industry it's kind of feels like a bit of a community as well um yeah it's just a lovely place to be and obviously people love plants plants are great for well-being you know there's so many benefits to being around plants that yeah that kind of makes a really lovely package for anybody wanting to work in horticulture even if even if it's something like copywriting or something where you're sat at a desk, mm. you know, at a computer, then, but still the subject you're dealing with is plants, you know, I, so it kind of is, it's nice. Really and, nice. and we sort of mentioned, you know, you're, you're now uh, freelance and yeah. you've done TV work and you're, you know, you've got your own podcast and stuff. So what are some of the biggest opportunities you've got out of this career so far? Well, well everything, I guess. I mean, it's funny because when I was 18, I was really shy and I couldn't have imagined being who I am today, you know, when I was sitting there and being a really shy 18 year old. But I would say where the, where the kind of turnaround came was halfway through my career at Thompson & Morgan, I joined a different part of the company, uh, the plant side of the company. And there was a guy who was my boss and he was, he was almost a little bit pushy about stuff, but he could see the passion in me he could see the potential in me and he used to push me into a lot of these things and be like, yes, you can do that. Yes, you can do that. And so to have someone that is empowering you is brilliant. So, you know, if you can do that for someone else, it is so rewarding and it really, really helps them. And since then, it's just given me that real push to always push myself and always just say yes to things, even if they're outside of my skill set, skill set at that stage as well. I think sometimes you definitely need that little push. You know, the, yeah. one of the best things a, a boss or a mentor can do is just say, just try, just like yeah. give it a go and definitely. see what happens. Definitely. So I'm so thankful for that because it gave me a really, really positive attitude. And 
and like I've said, I, I treat everything I do in a positive way and, uh, you know, I'm on time for stuff and all of that sort of, sort of business. But also, you know, on social media, how I handle myself, I'm kind of like not suddenly going to go on with some racy political statement or something that doesn't really fit. So I'm good at kind of, you know, I know how to handle myself, if you know what I mean, which I think, you know, goes towards the whole package, really. Um, would you say there's any uh, less favourable aspects of the industry? Ooh, I don't know. If you don't want to work outside and you've got a job outside, then, yeah, that might not be favourable. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's often a lot of discussion of it being underpaid, but I think a lot of that comes from kind of the manual labour side of it, the kind of gardeners, you know, um, at stately homes or places like this where... Yeah, horticulture isn't perhaps seen as, you know, something that is valuable. But I do think a lot of that is changing at the moment because, you know, people are appreciating horticulture much more and the skills that are involved. So, yeah, but outside of that, I mean, in the kind of business that I was working in, there's no real, like, wage for that or kind of standard wage. It's really, really varied. So that kind of was useful and not useful, I guess. I guess my nearest comparison as a new product developer would have been a buyer, you know, seed buyer, for example. So, yeah, but it's certainly very varied. And, you know, I'm obviously now I'm freelance and I'm quite happy with where I've managed to get to. Uh, we always like to talk about salary on here, just so people have a, an expectation of what they could earn in the industry. And we went away and looked for stats on horticulture okay. and because it's so varied yeah um, it was, it was kind of hard to nail down but it came it came out about eighteen thousand to about twenty four thousand was the average figure for industries within horticulture does that sound right to you yeah but it depends what sort of jobs i mean i'm not mm. sure if those jobs would be working in a garden center or a or a supervisor um in terms of like the level I was talking about, which was kind of like a buyer, as it were, I think that would be kind of circa 30 upwards, I would say. Okay. Yeah, and kind of that's certainly where I was at the time. Um, obviously, thankfully, I'm doing better than that now, which means that <laughs> freelance was a good move. <laughs> yeah. And what would you say something uh, you have to deal with um, being a horticulturalist, but you weren't necessarily expecting to do? I guess going on TV. <laughs> I don't think my 18-year-old self would have imagined that. Um, I guess just the appreciation that horticulture is so much more varied than you imagine, really. Yeah. And you just can't assume anything. You know, don't just assume that you'll be, you know, sitting in a cold shed potting up plants because there's so many opportunities that are there if you if you take them. And, you know, even if you're... You know, I've heard of people that are just working, you know, on vegetable gardens at stately homes and then they get headhunted to do, you know, some TV work or a, or a pilot for a new show on Netflix, you know. So everything's possible, but just make sure that you've got a good presence. Social media these days is like a shop window. So use that as kind of like your, your kind of visual CV. So make sure you show people what you can do, conduct yourself professionally as well. And then you'll be surprised people will approach you because there's such an interest in horticulture. They're looking for unique people in that whole field. So, yeah, it's a real buzzy time. 
you spoke uh, earlier about having to do a little bit of admin work. Um, what would be some skills that aren't necessarily sort of just plant-based that you would suggest for anyone starting off to uh, develop? It depends because, again, horticulture is such a broad spectrum. Um, if you're going to get into writing about plants, then obviously copywriting skills would be really useful. Um, unexpected skills, though. I mean, you don't necessarily need to be you know, using spreadsheets or okay with spreadsheets if you're working with plants. I mean, everything is so varied. So it's kind of, it's quite difficult to kind of answer that really. Mm. Is there any unexpected skills? I think probably, yeah, you just, you end up learning things that you didn't imagine you, you were going to need. So, yeah, it's a surprising, it's a really, it's a really surprising type of career because it can take you in so many different directions. And I think people really underestimate what horticulture is about as well and where do you think the future of the of the horticulture industry is going really you you know we've said that it's growing and more and more people becoming interested and well i think it's going to still continue to grow obviously um 2020 has created a lot of extra interest in horticulture which has been really fantastic um, yeah, I think just more people are going to choose careers in it. Hopefully we finally get the recognition on a wider basis that horticulture is a good place to be. Yeah, and there'll be more focus on it, I would say. Yeah, and and even, you know, if you look at something on a, a kind of lower level, like the um, in the first lockdown, the garden centres were closed, but this time around, they've been deemed as important enough to be open. So that means that, you know, horticulture is you know, come up in the, in the eyes of the government a bit, which is pretty good. And what's the plan for you, Michael? What's, what's the, uh, what's the plans for the, for the whole brand in the future? Well, do you know what? It's, it's kind of just developed the way it has. And I've never really thought that far ahead because I think sometimes you can end up like planning a lot out and then you kind of get a bit weird and lazy and you don't get <laughs> to it because, because somehow when you have a plan and there's a plan for the future, that's kind of mystical. And it doesn't feel real. So I think sometimes you then don't actually get to it because you don't see it as real, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah. And so I tend to just do things as I go along. And I'm very, very impulsive. I just kind of, yeah, just it develops like that, really. And that is the way that it's worked for five years. And it's been brilliant. And because I've then just said yes to stuff, had good exposure, made sure that I conduct myself well on social media, always show what I'm up to as well. That's just given me that kind of wealth of exposure from so many different angles, which has kept me in great freelance employment, you know? So just, just keep telling people what you can do and they'll love it. So for anyone listening and thinking, oh, yeah, actually, this is a bit of me. I want to go into horticulture. Um, mm-hmm. Any sort of jobs they're applying for, is there anything they can do? Garden centres are always taking on people and, you know, younger people are great for that as well because they've got a different attitude and they're also going to be more welcoming to younger people too. So that's great, younger customers. Um, yeah, I would say that would be a good route. Uh, if you want to start doing like garden design, maybe planting plans, you know, there's a, there's a couple of girls through Instagram who've started doing that and they actually worked on the planting plan for my garden. And so they just, you know, they just built this business, built it up through Instagram, which is obviously very visual as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the world is your oyster really. And 
more than ever these days, we've got all the tools in front of us to create our own destiny and our own business and our own innovative ideas as well. So you don't necessarily have to rely on applying for a job somewhere or, you know, finding some voluntary work, but yeah, just initiate something yourself as well. And uh, would you still go into the industry knowing everything you know now? Oh, definitely. Cause I'm not sure what else I could do. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Here. Brilliant. Thanks Michael. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. Hey, no worries. Really enjoyed it. Thank you again. Where can people find you on social media and the internet? Yep. So you'll find me on social media under Mr. Underscore Plant Geek on Twitter and Instagram. You'll also find a website is mrplantgeek.com, which will then give you all the links to my other brands like Rude Botany, Weird and Wacky Plants and the podcast, which is plant-based podcast. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Cheers, Michael. Thank you.